welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. Today we are discussing Ewoks, The Battle for Endor, which was originally aired on television and would be re-released theatrically for a brief time in Germany. Germany. Really? Interesting. German, well, yes. for the first time here on this Endorian <laughs> Life, <for> <laughs> Steve and I didn't watch this alone. We watched it with our old friend Crystal Storm. Crystal, welcome. Uh, thank you. I Actually, I should be saying I hate you. You should be you. you should yeah. be a little angry. Uh, <laughs> like, just, just a little bit. Just, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> yes, uh, Crystal and I. I mean, we have some we have some shared history with another battle, and that's of course Battlefield Earth, for mm-hmm. the uh, now retired podcast uh, Three Nice Things. But you can still find the episode on YouTube, and I encourage you to do so because Crystal, Eric, and I suffered through that movie, and we recorded an episode. And if you don't listen to it, then that hurts the three of us. It so does. all that it for hurts. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That was <laughs> should be the most most listened to podcast. Honestly. Steve, you dodged a bullet not being on Three Dice Things because you really did, Steve. It was oh, one yeah. of those things where it was like, oh yeah, we'll watch a bad movie. Like this will be fun, but like no, it's just <laughs> bad. Like it's only it's bad. Just, yeah. So and there were very like, few that I watched, like Mitchell, that I wasn't like, I hate everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that were that... just like, oh, let me just make fun of a bad movie. Most yeah. of them are were just like, I'm like, God, this is the longest ninety minutes of my existence. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, I've seen it, and I'm glad you didn't ask me to watch it because I probably would have been like, no. Nope. <laughs> I'll and just be on your podcast and talk about it. <laughs> the weird thing is that I actually kind of liked the book, but we don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that True. now because we have a beautiful piece of Star Wars uh, history right here. <laughs> Vintage. <laughs> Before us today. Uh, last episode in Caravan of Courage, I was confused because all the things that I remembered from the Ewok movies didn't happen in it. And I was mm. like, well, they, I must just be remembering Battle for Endor. And that's true. I feel like maybe I had never seen Caravan of Courage at least all the way through, but I definitely have seen Battle for Endor. And this is the one that, that stuck with me, the one I remembered. I remember the end of this one. Okay. But most of my memories are of Caravan of Courage. Okay, so the total opposite. So, what about you, Crystal? Yeah, total opposite. Uh, Caravan of Courage, Courage isn't ringing a bell, but that doesn't mean I hadn't seen it. Like, okay. I hadn't thought I'd seen this movie either until I started watching it. Okay. You remember. Then, it. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even like, I, I, I do, I have this complete blank spot in my memory of ever mm-hmm. watching this, but scenes were just familiar. Yeah. You know, mm. the, some of the dialogue and hearing the characters talk and stuff. It's just one of those, you're like, oh no, I yeah. have seen this. So I was probably like super young at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you really can watch Battle for Endor without Caravan of Courage. I mean, we have character carryover, yeah. but they are about as different from each other as Return of the Jedi is from Caravan of Courage. You know, like, it's <laughs> just a complete change. You don't have the Burl Ives narrating as he did in Caravan of Courage. Oh, yeah. And tonally, no it's just completely different. So it was it was a... It was a weird switch, but let's uh, let's take a look at the cast and crew. So this movie was written and directed by a brother duo, Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat, who apparently did not get along well with Wilford Brimley. And so Wilford Brimley's scenes ended up being shot by the second unit director, Joe Johnston, who would go on to direct Jurassic Park 3 and uh, many other things. Long, long storied career there. But the Wheat brothers seem to find their most successful, and I'm using that word very lightly, uh, most successful opportunities writing sequels. They wrote The Fly 2, 
Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Birds 2, which is not a thing anyone needed. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it came from Outer Space 2 and The Stepford Husbands. So Stepford real... Husbands, okay. So Wait, real... there is a Stepford Husbands? I learned that today. Uh, okay. I am so <laughs> mad right now that Hollywood keeps giving these guys money to make I, these yeah. sequels. Well, yeah. Like, didn't I am he... upset. Didn't they do Pitch Black? Yes. I saw... I've got a Google Pitch Black. I'm like, wait, I know, what, Pitch am Black, I thinking about uh, like, The Chronicles different? of Riddick. I saw that in the uh, trivia section saying that, that it was for, uh, foreshadowing a character, and I was just like, yeah, that's... that's... That's very bizarre. I, that, that's not you have what to take IMDb of. trivia sections with a grain of salt. I feel like <laughs> I, you sure I do. am very curious about this foreshadow. Now I'm just curious. I'm yeah. Like, what in this movie foreshadowed? The only okay. thing they have in common is they were marooned on a planet. That's okay. literally it. Well, that's I something. Mean, that's you can yeah. draw so many threads from. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I mean. There are so many other movies that are way more similar to Wilford Brimley's character. I know, I know. <laughs> you could draw more into, like, where the red fern grows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? There's a sequel to that. I wonder if the Wheat Brothers wrote it. Uh, I bet you they did. <laughs> uh, George Lucas still gets a story credit here, and apparently during shooting he would stop by the set multiple times, and he would be like, well, why don't you shoot a scene like this? And so, he, you know, he does have a little bit of a... A little bit of say in this, but is not all that involved. The score was once again by Peter Bernstein. Let's look at the cast. So we do have several yeah. returning characters. Let's start with the uh, the human characters first. We have Eric Walker returning for a hot minute as Mace. Guy Boyd comes back as Jeremit, the father. We see the mom, and we'll get into how we see the mom, but you never see the actress. So that actress was probably like, I'm going to peace out on this. I don't think I'm going to come back for... <laughs> Yeah, the first one was so that's successful. Called, you are, mean, too. Right yeah. There. That's, that, that's called. Yes. <laughs> we have Aubrey Miller back as Sindel, and after this, she was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and never act again. <laughs> I will say, she <laughs> she is a more compelling protagonist than Mace in the first movie. Absolutely. Even though yeah. she is, like, three years old. <laughs> She, is she really that young? She's, it? I don't, I mean, she seems aggressively she's young to me. She's gotta be like five or six. That's or what I would, I would put one. like kindergarten yeah. age. I yeah. was trying really hard not to critique her because I'm like, you were all of like six years old, but I'm like, well, Drew Barrymore was also young and she gave me, but I was like, no, let me stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Aubrey Miller, if I go, she was born, oh, 1979. So, so she this was, movie came out in 85. So yeah. she was six. Yeah. Five, five and six, five in the. So Five yeah, and six. very little. Wow. Uh, we have new characters here. So we have Wilford Brimley. Check your blood sugar. You check it often. You guys remember those diabetes commercials that Wilford Brimley did <laughs> for years? You That's got diabetes. You check your blood you sugar. foreshadowing those. The diabetes commercials. <laughs> Other genre work from Wilford Brimley includes the movie The Thing, Cocoon, as well as Cocoon, colon, The Return. We have... <laughs> Movies. You'd get that expression off your face right now, Nick. <laughs> you like? You are you a Cocoon <laughs> fan? You know those are great movies, and I will watch them again before I watch this again. Even the Return, yeah, even real. Cocoon, the Return is good. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. I, I, I feel like I need to watch them now with a completely different yeah. lens, like my older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Cocoon I like is a good thing. time. I saw the Cocoon. I saw Cocoon recently. I also saw the Thing recently as well. So I, I guess maybe I'm a I Wilford really like Brimley fan. That's weird. Uh, we have Carol Strucken as Tirak. 
He is probably best known for Lurch in the Addams Family movies. I know him best as Mr. Hom in Star Trek The Next Hom. Generation. Finally, we have Cyan Phillips as Car- Carol? Cheryl? What did, what did we... Carol Channing, was it? No, What? what is the... Uh, <laughs> what's the witch's name? I always said, like, Cheral. I don't know. That's the... <laughs> That's okay. Terrible. Not, right. Probably not even close. Yeah. Carol. Or the crow. But she. This, <laughs> <laughs> this was a year after she did the movie Dune. Like, she plays a pretty oh, wow. prominent role in Dune and then went on to do this, I guess. She uh, was in. The original one. The original Dune, the original yeah. Oh, and okay. she did a lot of The Borrowers, did some voice work for the World of Warcraft games. And this cracked me up because in 93, she was in the movie Heidi. And this movie is essentially Space Heidi. So. <laughs> you know, I guess she uh, she knows she knows what she likes. Ewok cast, so no Logre this time. I always consider Logre sort of yeah. like a, most, one of the most prominent Ewok characters. He's not in it. Chief we, Chirpa. We do have Seriously. that's right. No Chief Chirpa either. We have Warwick Davis back as Wicket with Daryl Henriquez doing the voice again as he did in Caravan of Courage. No Logre, as I said. Dan Fishman returns as Deej. Tony Cox as Whittle. Pam Grizz as Shadu. And those are our primary Ewoks for this journey. Awesome. Yeah. You said Mason's in there for a hot minute. I, I saw yeah. something that said he's in there for 33 seconds. That's about it. Yeah. I think in that 33 seconds, I think he did a better job acting than he did in the entire I, Caravan of Courage. I would agree with you on that. And I also think yes. the dad, like a guy playing the father, had a, the one scene he had in this was better than anything they gave him in Caravan of Courage. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. All right, you ready? You yeah. ready for this? All right. All is peaceful on the forest moon of Endor as Sindel and Wicket wander through the woods picking flowers. That silence is broken when a group of marauders attacks the Ewok village. Mace and his mother are killed in the onslaught, and the rest of the Ewoks are rounded up and taken away. Nearly finished with the repairs on the Tawani family star cruiser, the marauder leader Tarek and his witch Carol Cheryl <laughs> confront him about the magical power he possesses. Jeremy is killed. Sindel and Wicket are captured. On the trip to Tarek's stronghold, Wicket and Sindel are seen attempting to escape their mobile prison and chased up a cliffside. The marauders fire at Wicket and Sindel, but their shots miss and start a rock avalanche that rains down on themselves, causing them to fall to their deaths. Thankfully, Sindel and Wicket duck into a small cave before the rock slide seals them inside. They are trapped very high on the cliff face, but with a bit of ingenuity and some random bones and skin, Wicket constructs a glider. Before they are able to take off, the two are attacked by the cave's inhabitant, a large condor dragon. It seizes Sindel and flies off. Wicket hops on his glider and, in pursuit, manages to save Sindel before they both crash down onto the forest floor. Safe at last, they fall asleep inside a hollowed-out tree. In the morning, they are discovered by a very quick little furry creature named Teak. (laughs) Teak leads the two back to a house where they hope to find food, but find only old junk. Deciding the seemingly abandoned house should be theirs, the actual owner of the house returns. Noah is a grumpy old man who is undecided at the notion of letting Wicket and Sindel stay. Wicket and Sindel discover that Noah is also stranded on Endor and has been there for some time. The next day, Sindel is lured away from Noah and Wicket by a siren that turns out to be the witch Cheryl. Burdened with recovering the child or be killed, she takes Sindel to Tarek's castle, where Sindel is interrogated about the magical source of power he took from Jeremy, which is not magical at all, but is indeed a power source. 
Knowing nothing about the magic power, Tarek imprisons them both. Noah and Wicket and Teak mount a rescue mission, successfully vaulting the castle moat, scaling the castle walls, neutralizing guards, and sneaking past everyone in Tarek's throne room and releasing all the imprisoned Ewoks. The Ewoks are discovered during their escape. Blowing a hole in the side of the castle, the Ewoks zip line to safety, but not before Noah discovers the discarded power source. Tarek allows the witch to live if she follows the Ewoks shape-shifted as a crow, but keeps her shape-shifting ring for himself. Gathering his full army, Tarek pursues the Ewok tribe. The group make it back to Noah's star cruiser. Noah installs the power source in his ship while the Ewoks fight back the besieging marauders. The power is restored, and with the help of the ship's guns, the marauders are defeated. However, Tarek manages to capture Sindel. Noah trades the power for Sindel, but tricks Tarek, and the two fight each other. Before <laughs> Tarek can land a de deadly blow, Wicket slings a rock at Tarek, striking the magical shape-shifting ring around his neck. The blow causes the ring to burn Tarek into an ash statue. Finally free of the marauders, Noah and Sindel say a tearful goodbye to Wicket, Teak, and the rest of the Ewoks before leaving Endor in Noah's repaired star cruiser. Whew. The end. That was a lot. You did great. You did great, Steve. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Listen, but right off not... the bat, there is more plot in this than there was in Caravan of yes. Courage by about 10. Yes. So wow. let's just start with a basic, like, how did we all feel about this? Crystal, how did you feel about this movie? You don't like it as much as Cocoon. We know that. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna immediately start a fight within the Star Wars universe with okay. saying this. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna be controversial right off the bat. Here's how I feel about this movie. I will watch this movie a thousand times before I watch The Last Jedi again. That's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with that. This, I, this, <laughs> no. Bold. I've got some fucking cute-ass Ewoks in this. I've got a villain who is, like, ridiculous. I've got some wholesome family stuff that's taken me back to my childhood. Like, yeah. it's a good movie to fall asleep to. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. So like, you know, like, turn it on at night. Okay. And, you know, you feel all great about it or not. Or you, but either way, you're going to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, so not a ringing endorsement, but you were you were moderately okay with this movie. You know what? I didn't hate my life afterwards. So okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't Already enraged at the Star Wars universe. I was just like, that's a this thing that happened. It wasn't made for me. It was made for five-year-old me. It was yeah. made for six-year-old me. It was not yeah. made for forty-year-old me. You know? Right. 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 <laughs> like nineties five-year-old you, exactly. not like two thousand twenties five-year-old. Because I, I think this movie was way more violent than the first one. It was. I don't know. You know. I think this one felt longer because it felt more full. Okay. Right? Caravan of Courage, there's like little vignettes of action in between these long drawn out walking scenes where this one there was there was you know, the walking scenes in this one had them going through the woods mm -hmm. and you saw like the puddle on the ground and the footsteps going through the water. I just felt like the cinematography was better and it felt like a a bigger movie yeah. felt longer, right? That there was more story developing, you know? I guess for me, I think just objectively by definition, you can categorize this as a movie. And I think I would argue with yes. someone who categorized Caravan of Courage as a movie because yeah. that's really just more about Ewoks in bad costumes frittering away an afternoon in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't watch this so, Caravan movie. I'm so excited. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> And that, so that one, to me, was just a waste of time. I think you can argue, like, 
how good this movie was, but I think it actually, it was a plot and I enjoyed elements of the plot. There were characters that I understood what they were doing, why they were doing it. So I feel like as a whole package, this one feels more legit to me than Caravan of Courage. I yeah, didn't this felt in- like a Star Wars movie too. I that's, didn't. You know, yeah, it was more Star Warsy. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it necessarily, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hate it like Crystal. Like I didn't end up being like that was the worst mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen. I hate everything. <laughs> So <laughs> this movie is like the Star Trek five of of the original Star Trek movies where you're just like, hey, I think that's a compliment. I think I think you're raising this movie up more than it needs to. Let's talk. So? I, I do. But okay. let's talk about this beginning, because I read that George Lucas was fascinated by the story of Heidi. You guys know the story of Heidi, right? Are you familiar with the book Heidi? Oh, OK, so, so the story of Heidi is basically a little girl is orphaned and she has to go like live in the woods with her grumpy old grandpa who doesn't want to have a kid. This movie is just Heidi, but with space things. Oh. Is that like yeah. an old Disney movie? It's an old Disney no, movie, I, right? I mean, there is there's a Shirley Temple movie. It's it's a very old book, but okay, that's the George one Lucas was I've heavily inspired by Heidi when he kind of came up okay. for, oh, what about this? But in order to do that, you have to kill all of the Tawani family. And I just feel like for a children's movie, starting with a little girl, yeah. like watching her whole family murdered is a really weird entry into this. Did you guys, oh, what'd you think yeah. of that? <laughs> it felt, and I, <laughs> you know what? They did it right. They did it, like Steven said, very 90s. Like if you're a 90s mm-hmm. kid, <laughs> we're just, 90s kids are just used to this level of violence yeah. In, yeah. in TV shows. That's true. You know, before they kind of like toned it down a little bit, you you are. I feel like it was done in like a kid friendly way. I, I you know I remember too uh, when I was when I'm listening to like the bad guys dialogue. He never says to her like, "If you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm gonna freaking kill you." He says, "You will be doomed." Yeah, you know, which yeah. was very like a kid's term for That's me. That's true. And like you yep. know, like you know, like even I mean. And, the actress the little girl like she's not the best and the dad is like can carry no emotional scenes at all and i've seen him <laughs> in other things he's, he's yeah like, he's a very prominent actor like, yeah. well, he didn't like his so, death hand as oh, it went down like that's God. such a 90s thing he, 80s oh, 90s just, and I, I feel like i was i was that opening scene like i was analyzing it like too deeply in some moments because like he's talking to her and she's like the whole family's dead and he's like yeah i know but it's gonna be okay and yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, it'll be sure. Yeah, he just like there was just like nothing on his face to indicate that he even liked his wife. That's true. That's true. That they were dead, you know. So it was. I feel like even though like we're looking at this as adults and we're like, God, this is terrible. It's almost like Finding Nemo. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That was like dark too. You know, I guess (laughs) part of it though, part of the problem for me was like it really kind of undercuts the entire first movie because the plot of the first movie is that Mace and Sindel are separated from their parents who are captured and Mace, Sindel, and the Ewoks go and rescue the parents. That's the plot of the whole movie is reuniting this family. Mm -hmm. So for this one to start by like killing the protagonist from the first movie and the parents that you spent the whole movie trying to rescue is really just kind of like, well, why why did we even bother then with the first movie? Like, it's just a weird... Yeah. Like, if he wants her to be alone on the planet, then, like, Wizard of Oz this thing. Have the ship take off without her or something, you know? Like, have her be like, oh, I have to go say goodbye to Wicked, and they don't realize that this has happened or something. And then let them come back in the end and rescue her or something. I just feel like there's a way to get her to be stranded on this planet alone without undercutting everything that you did in the first movie. 
you're right. I think you you don't need to see Caravan of Courage before this one, and I, I'm interested to see. I wish I could have seen your reaction, Crystal, when Mace died, because it probably was the same as mine. Like, oh, you know, yeah, like, like you have no, much no emotional connection to this character at all. Yeah, no, none yeah. at all. And I was I've seen the movie before, and I was like, oh, he's dead. You know, like. <laughs> I just didn't care. Yeah. It's sad. There is really weird design changes from Return of the Jedi to Caravan to this. Like the Ewok Mm -hmm. costumes in Caravan of Courage are pretty rough. But suddenly in this one, like none of the Ewoks have eyelids, which I think is a strange... Like to have Wicket's just like dead glass eyes staring at her wherever she did, I thought was a little weird. Let's talk about Teak. Teak is a new character in this who goes super fast and is just a, a, a mischievous little scamp who helps to endear Sindel and Wicket to Noah. What did you guys think of this character? I love Teak. Did you? That's your standout? I did. I like Teak. I like, yeah. I like Teak. I did. <clears throat> I like how I thought his and Noah's relationship was great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Noah was hilariously stereotypical and mm-hmm. overdone, but there was something very endearing about Noah. Yeah. Um, like my little childhood me was like, oh, grandpa, oh, Santa, uh, you know, like that, that kind of feeling. Like, and then Teak was just, Teak was just cute. I thought yeah. he fit right in with, I mean, because it's moving, like if you love Ewoks and like, you know, that's yeah. awesome. So I think he fit right in with that whole like cuteness factor. And I just, yeah, I thought he was an endearing little character. Yeah, I you, felt they, like he I was like a good addition. Yeah. Yeah, they had to because in Star Wars, the Ewoks are the endearing yes. little characters. And mm-hmm. now it's, well, they're the main character. So Teak was perfect because they didn't have anything like that in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, they needed the droid aspect right, where right. The, the cute little character that mm-hmm. does funny things. And that, mm-hmm. was, that was Teak. And I think he's more, I like him more than the droids from the sequel series. Even, even but Dio. Like, I love Dio. Dio was great. Yeah, no, Dio. Oh, well. <laughs> Dio's great. I agree. Dio had great lines. That's not fair. I, Teak didn't have any. <laughs> that's true. Teak didn't have any lines. No, I think Teak was a necessary addition. Talk I think about that Dio. was. I <laughs> think that was one of the stronger. <laughs> Don't you talk it, about my Dio like that? <laughs> it felt very eighties. Like I, you know, like this yes. sort of like grumpy old man who has like a cute little sidekick. You know, like. Fraggle Rock, you've got Doc and the dog. Like, there's all sorts yeah. of things from that time that are like, he's a mean old jerk, but he's got this cute oh little God. friend. So, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That's so, that's you know, so, so that was the thing that happened. I guess I just yeah. couldn't really get over the darkness. Like, this would have terrified my son, even in the beginning where they're coming and they're looking for the power source and they're really just like burning Ewoks alive and like <laughs> <laughs> destroying well, costumes, their village. Man. I mean, it was just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you I'm think sure that they like raided a um, Halloween store and yeah. just took all the random masks they could and just yeah. put those on with like burlap clothing? I think that's and that exactly was their, what they did. Yeah, that was exactly their character, you know, costuming. Watching this back, I don't remember being like traumatized by this movie, so like I didn't mm. get like triggered. So I'm curious, like, would kids nowadays? watching this would actually think like is it scary because like i don't i don't have that like i mean but i watch plenty of disney movies now and i'm just like how is this a cartoon yeah and you think about the cartoons that we actually watched when we were growing up and you're like what the yeah <laughs> so like, i don't uh-huh. you know like I can't, I can't, yeah so, I, I, you know, I should have my kids watch 
I had a lot of moments here where I was like, this is giving me Return to Oz vibes. Have you guys seen Return to Oz? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, That got dark. Oh, my gosh. That, <laughs> that got really yeah. dark. I mean, that, that's scary to me today. And I really felt <laughs> like like the, the Cheryl character was very reminiscent of, like, the Mombi bad villain from Return of Oz. So I felt like there was a lot of DNA shared there that was like, you know, it's the 80s. Let's scare kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Star Wars style. Yeah, right. Sort of. Sometimes. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah. I also kept asking myself as we we're watching this because, all right, so th so they're looking for a power source. They come and they, they kill the Tawanis. They mm -hmm. destroy the Ewok village. Um, and and Sindel and, and Wicked are captured right away, right? I mean, r very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Very soon. But, but you know what? The best part about this villain, Nick, is not—he's not even looking for a power source. He's just looking for power. Right. Power. He doesn't yeah. know what the powers do. Yeah. <laughs> he just heard that it's—he just heard the word power, and yeah. his stupid little villain mind was like, "I want it." Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I respect me, right? the commitment. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, he knows well, he, what he, he wanted wants. It's so bad, but he didn't care that like. You know, Jeremy had just finished repairs on the ship, and they were <laughs> about to brutal. take off. Like, <laughs> when they tear the ship the apart, power, they could have oh literally gosh. left the planet. You know, <laughs> like so, it's plugged just... it in. Yeah, that's. I yeah. think that's the hilarious thing about it. If you'd have just listened to what everybody was telling you and plugged it in, yeah, you would have had the power. You would have been fine. Yeah, it, you would have been fine. I waited till the end of the movie because I was like, uh, maybe like at, at one point the witch is going to be like. Oh yeah, we need this to get off the planet. But right. they, no, no, they just, they wanted to stay there, yeah. but just have power. They just wanted to possess power. And so it was like they knew of it, but they had no idea what it did, and that was bizarre because I guess it came from it came from Noah's friend. Yeah, right. I guess they interrogated him before he died and said that there was power, and so that's where the con that's where the context of that power got lost. I would so, say as far as like the Ewok. Because in the first movie, it's very much about the two kids. You don't really get much characterization from any Ewok. And Wicket is kind of interchangeable with some of the other ones in there. So I did appreciate that this time Wicket was actually a character. I could have done without the weird, like, Ooh, Sindel, let's go! kind of voice that they gave him. Uh, I thought that was weird. But I liked that like, Wicket was a character and had things to do. But I kept being like, so are there just like... 10 Ewoks on Endor because they come and they raid those like five houses and it's like well that's all the Ewoks we're all out of Ewoks now yeah well there's that little village remember from the first one there's yeah. the, there's the there's Wicket's village and then they do go to like the treehouse right. city in in that movie so this is it's just still their their little village so they must be further out from that yeah. you know, Ewok city than I than we thought you know so the Carol character, she is Carol. Every time we say it, we say this name differently. It's so awkward. But she's sort of like a like the henchwoman of Tirak, yes. right? I mean, wouldn't that? She's like the muscle. She's the enforcer. Elvira, is that who that is that who I'm thinking? Because yes. that's the vibe that I got from her. Yes, and she is like so '80s ridiculous oh, that I for sure. could not take her seriously at all. Let's talk about the ending a little bit because. <laughs> <laughs> Because it just goes from like dark to crazy to crazier, I feel yeah. like, as it keeps going. Because Carol is eventually locked in her bird form. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how we yeah. end with that's, that character. Yeah, she's, what stuck now. she's a bird forever now. Which is dark. Man, if uh, if our old friend Eric was here right now, he would pull up some Animorphs. Because that, that does would. happen to a character <laughs> in Animorphs. But yeah, so she's trapped that way. 
Tyrek has the power changing ring or whatever. I mean, that's a pretty baller move. I feel like taking that ring from her and, and sticking know, her in that, that form. Was. That's a that's a dark twist. I was very underwhelmed by the sort of siege on the Ewoks in the end and the Ewoks fighting back because we've seen that play out in such a cool way in Return of the Jedi. I think it was a big mistake to revisit that because, I don't know, in Return of the Jedi, you have like the weight of the Empire coming and like Mm -hmm. attacking all of them and they're just like throwing rocks in their faces and gliding around. Here, you have like seven a-holes in burlap sacks and right. they can't seem to... Can't handle it. It's just... only the yeah. 10 guys from the village. What are you doing? Goes, you know, well, you don't also have the veterans with you. Except Wicked, you know, who apparently speaks common now, which blows my yeah. mind. But yeah. Cool. But yeah, that battle... We've seen all that stuff. Yeah. And in Return of the Jedi, they had that Imperial squad or the mm-hmm. strike team, excuse me. There was a say. lot of weight to it in Return it, of the Jedi. Yeah. This they, just felt like two directors who were writing fan fiction. Yes. And yeah. then got to, got to put their fan fiction on screen. Just go uh, in a different look, direction. Yeah. Just just yeah. don't touch it. That's what I would say. Just don't yeah. do that. So I <laughs> we could have we could have done without all that. But I did. mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a long, drawn-out battle scene, too. That's what I was very surprised about. I think it was, like, something like 15 minutes, and I thought, you know... That's where all their budget went, right there. That's where oh, their budget went. For yeah. sure. For sure. All the, all the shooting and everything, yeah. all the special effects from that. Two directors the, uh, trying to show off their action scene chops, and we're yeah. just like, <laughs> you are a really important movie too late. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> that's for sure. I, I mean, I thought it was like when we find when we find Noah's ship and like we sort of understand what's going on when we see his partner as just a skeleton mm-hmm. in the dungeon when Sindel's trapped. I mean, again, that's that's kind of intense stuff, but does feel very like of its time to me. I mean, I like <laughs> the idea of them using the the power from from the Tawani family ship to power Noah and get out there. But I absolutely hate that Sindel leaves in the end. Yeah. What did you and guys Teak think about that? Teak doesn't even go with Noah. Teak doesn't go. Like yeah. That, that, there was a couple things that really felt bizarre to me uh, about that final scene. Yeah. You know what? That didn't move me. <laughs> That's how invested I was probably not in these characters. <laughs> but like, I think I just kind of expected that she would go, that mm. she wouldn't you know, stay with the Ewoks, and that she would go with kind of Noah instead. Because like, Wicket felt more like a friend yeah. than like a parental figure even oh, though like definitely. he's family for sure yeah but they were like i mean they were like two kids bumbling along in the freaking woods together trying to you yeah. know say something you know there's the yeah. whole scene where he's like let's go find them and then the next scene they're picking flowers in the woods to make pies and i'm like that's okay that's accurate they're kids yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway or that anyone left right because i mean we kind of established that wilford brimley's or noah his friend is dead and yeah. gone and Sindel's family is dead and gone and it's like what what's the point of leaving now well, right yeah and i recognizing that i'm asking too much by looking for a through line with these two <laughs> movies but like if your goal the first time is to reunite the family i guess i sort of got the impression that the family was just gonna stay there maybe i yeah. just misread that but for the second one like with them gone and everything it just 
it sort of so it ends with no one is together like no one who has yeah. formed these yeah. bonds or these relationships are together they just what, all what they're trying to tell you is is that humans need to stay with humans and ewoks need to stay with yeah. ewoks okay. i guess so. I, I'm, I'm literally reaching you don't want to make any more that's what it is maybe they were just like <laughs> you can't have this whole movie about getting to a power source and at the end not use it maybe well, i don't know no, maybe that's, that's true. the conversation yeah. like i don't know that is true, but I mean, maybe they could have like powered the Ewok village, or they could have like taken over right. the castle that the bad guys were in, I mean, and like we know that there's an empire bunker there because we've seen it. So y'all could have gone in that or something. Yeah, like I don't know. True, but I think that's a good point, Nick, with the whole family thing. That it's just like, well, he's lost his friend, I've lost my family, and our family is who we make it, right? Like now we're part of the Ewok tribe. Yeah. Right, and that's yep. our family now. And they just were like, nope. We're leaving. No yeah. more Ewok movies. I just like, didn't like that's it. That's it. Blast yeah, off the planet. Yeah. I feel like that is maybe the thing that I was the most like, what? Um, <laughs> I, I'm a fan of like old stop motion. So even though every time it happened, it was like, wow, that does not look real. I still liked seeing it. So like I enjoyed well, that. good scenes and bad scenes in this one. Yeah. Did you notice Mostly that? Mostly bad. The bad yeah, scenes were, were in the woods. Those blurgs, right? Which we've seen in The Mandalorian. And... When they're in the woods, it mm-hmm. looks terrible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They tried to, like, color them green, I guess, to get, like, the flora and fauna yeah. color. But then when they're running, when the whole Tarek's army is running out through the field and you see, you know, all of a sudden there's horses. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. horses apparently. <laughs> right, on, yeah, and, yeah. Door, and the blurgs are running. And I thought, well, that actually looks way better than when they spotlight them alone. So interacting, having them interact with, you know, that army of people looked way better. So good stop motion and just really bad stop motion. So, Krista, we (laughs) usually pick our Ichiwawa moment, which is, uh, you know, the the moment that we, I don't know, that we most enjoyed or the one that like left the most impact. The one that was like, that was the thing for me. So, Steve, you want to call for the Ichiwawa moment? Man, there were so many Ichiwawa moments for me. Like, so I'm going to I'm going to do a dichotomy thing here and go. Uh, I'm going to say, because I've already admitted that it didn't affect me at all, but Mace's death was so, I was just like, oh, there's Mace. And then 30 seconds later, he blows up. And I was just like, oh, he's gone. But at the same time, it was just like, oh, man, I didn't even remember him being in this movie. So for me, I was just like, he's in the movie. And and he did, he delivered 30 seconds of more compelling character development than he did in the entire Caravan of Courage. And so that's why, like, when when <laughs> Crystal sees him die, <laughs> and I see him die, we're just like, oh, he died. <laughs> like, was that his, was that Sindel's brother? I mean, there was no, like, no one ever, you know, it's just another human, right? So for me, it's just like, it's my, it's my Ichiwaba because they didn't even have the mother's face. They had Mace die. Yeah. And Jeremy just rent. I mean, the hand out of frame, the hand, the death hand. Like that's totally like, you know, mid eighties to early nineties. Well, they can't actually show these people being slaughtered in front of a child. So they do creative things to avoid it. But yeah. All right. So it's Mace's, uh, it's Mace's five seconds into the movie death for the last two. I've been just entranced by the Ewok and their gliders. And I think I got to give it to this too. When Sindel's being like dragged away and like hung by her foot and Wicket's like, I'm going to glide and rescue her. Uh, that yeah. to me was, that was a fun, that was a fun stop motion. It was action packed. You know, it was like tense. It was like, Ooh, get her. So I'm, I'm going to stick with what works and say that that Wicket glider scene was for me, it was a, it was a chef's kiss 
moment. I'm glad that's in there because that's when I saw that I thought immediately thought of you. Yeah, thank immediately. You, and thank you. When he flew after her, I thought, how is this gonna work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's gotta like get under her. Yeah, and like. <laughs> But he does, but then, you know, oh, yeah. man, it just was a mess. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not how aerodynamics work at all. No, uh, not at all. What about all. you, Crystal? What was the moment for you that that was really, it crystallized for you? <laughs> yeah. the deal. You know, you know what? It's going to have to be when Noah leaves, like, the, the morning of the day, he lets them stay the night, and then he leaves. And uh, Wicket's all like, yeah, we're going to go find our friends. And then he comes home, and he's like, yeah, good riddance, even though I'm a super nice guy, and I brought them beds. Like, whatever. Right, he made the little beds. <laughs> right, yeah, like all that. And then, uh, and then they immediately come in the door with flowers, and he's like, "Yeah, let's make some pies." You know, that was kind of like okay. Because I, I had like two emotions there. Like one, I'm just like, "Okay, so we're not gonna go rescue your family. We're just gonna go make pie." That's <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. That's totally cool. Just like do that. whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you got that cute, like wholesome stuff going on. So it I'm is like, very wholesome. Oh, yeah. God, they'll be okay. It's fine. Make pies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because we talked very little about Noah, like the Noah Sindel relationship, but it was pretty much the bulk of the movie but it, that shows you you know just how weird and unbalanced this movie is that uh, we didn't really even get into it that much but yeah well he didn't I mean, he, he does the best acting in this movie for sure gonna... oh yeah for oh, sure, yeah. sure well yeah. I'd, I'd maybe give it to teak but wilford brimley is uh <laughs> yeah he's a close second it was funny how indecisive he was too and that's i think that actually bothered me that he was just like oh yeah you know okay we're back and forth now and yeah you, you know, see right through him every time. It's I, and I, I, maybe it's because like I know these people in real life, or just like the trope is just like every time he complained, it's literally he's just like just stay. Yeah, <laughs> it's yep, like yep, the old guy exactly, yeah. like no, don't come into my house. Get out. Okay. Yeah, you're complaining, but you like you it after I kicked you out. Like okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got no like even nostalgia for Caravan of Courage. I don't think that I would like seek this out. I don't think we were talking a little bit last time, like if you'd watch this in a Star Wars rewatch, I don't really think I would, but I can picture a world in which I might watch this movie again. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to be with a child. To yeah, watch this I mean, it, but I mean, it's not if, yeah. if there was the right setting, like somebody had <laughs> never seen it before and it was like, yes, let's get some pizza and watch Battle for Endor. Like I would do that. So it would have to be a child that said to me, I've never uh, okay. seen this before. Because if an adult yeah. comes to me and says, I've never that, seen yeah. Battle for Endor, I'm going to be like, well, you watch it on your own. Yeah. And we're going to watch the old guard. <laughs> what, a, what a weird pickup line that would be, you know, just to see someone, you know, I've never seen Battle for Endor. <laughs> Want to go back to my place and watch Battle for Endor? Yeah. Disney Plus and chill, <laughs> <God>. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Oh, Star Wars Vintage. And chill. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Been listening to this podcast and all the non-binaries, please don't do that. So apparently, <laughs> not. Uh, this is not canon, I, I believe. No, it's I don't think so. It's considered part of the Legends, Legends yeah. which I guess they have said I... is not. I co-sign that. Episode. I think that's a wise decision. I feel like yeah. Well, they be on the did what they wanted. There's a lot one. about le- there's a lot about them signing off a lot of the Star Wars lore as legends that makes me very angry. This uh-huh. is not it. You're okay with this? <laughs> yeah, that's, you're yeah, okay that's with this? Absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that. I'm just like, wow, Disney, you suck. Another time, but this one is not going to be on my reasons to be mad at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, as with Caravan of Courage, uh, I enjoyed this conversation more than I 
actually enjoyed the movie. So, Crystal, thank you for joining us for this uh, this journey back to Endor. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. Where yeah, can people find you, Crystal, Great. if they don't want to learn uh, about Ewoks, but they like you? Where do they go? <laughs> Yo, who doesn't want to know about Ewoks? Uh, please go to crystalsimagination.com where you'll find, like, everything. The books that I write, all the creative content that I produce, Twitch streams, podcasts, blah, 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 blah. It's all there. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, then, everybody, you can join us right here next time as we dive into the cartoon. This is what I've been waiting for, Steve, getting oh, into yeah. the the Ewoks cartoon. We're going to start right with Season 1, Episode 1, The Cries of the Trees. Little fun fact, written by Paul Dini of Batman the Animated Series fame. Well, thanks again, Crystal, and we'll see everybody next time. Hey, Star Wars fans, if this bad movie wasn't enough for you, hop over to 9021 Here We Go right here on the Radio Meanwhile Network. Steve's going to join me and Kendra for a special commentary on the movie Sharknado, starring 9021 alum Ian Ziering, just in time for Shark Week. So again, you can find us over at 9021 Here We Go, wherever you get your podcasts. This Enduring Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts.